0: But Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. He went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. The seventh time said, The servant reported, A cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose and heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came up on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel.
1: Well, thanks, guys. Um, big, big hello, and so good to be here at Yes Community Baptist Church. And um, I can just about feel my toes right now, so <laughs> I'm doing well. And um, as Nick said, I'm I'm the son of a gun. Um, <laughs> this guy. And, but um, it's special to belong, and um, we really do, don't we? We belong to a big family today, and. Um, like Nick said, relationship is so significant in the kingdom, and, and I, I want you to just start off by just, if you've got somebody near enough to you to do this, just turn to them and s- tell someone near you. you, you can say it to me if you like Daniel, just say, it's all about relationship. Just, can you do that? Just, just, I mean, it's okay to talk in church. I know I'm talking, but you can talk too. Just say, it's all about, it's all about relationship. It's all about relationship, and, and um we are genuinely um, just blessed to, to know Nick and Christy and um, love being at your camp uh, last November or so. And, in fact, Nick, um, God willing, is booked to preach in July at our church. So there's this thing going on, right? Isn't that good? It's family. And, um, and, we're, and we're really grateful for that. I want to thank Carl. Carl, you're the man. Car- Carl was helping me last night. Um, Get, get my thoughts out into a digital format and all that. So that was good. Yeah, you're very blessed having this man too, the creativity you carry and the, and the passion yeah. to help and serve. Um, can, you, can you clap, Carl? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's special to have Les to, to be preaching to my sister today. Um, Les was a really, really bad sister when she was young. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See how the Lord's worked? No, that's not not true. That is not true. That is not true at all. Um, And and to have Joe as well in the the front row from Sydney. So um, it's good. That's so good. I'm looking at this. I have no idea if if I'm supposed to use this or not. (laughs) But but if I can, I'm just going to imagine I'm going to press this button and you guys are going to stand because we're going to pray. Can we do that anyway? So I don't know if... I heard this church is very high tech. If there's a remote control, that can get the people to stand. That'll be good. So, so Father, I just want to thank you today. God, I really believe... That this is a day that's ordained, God, for not just to be an ordinary day, not just to be another Sunday, God, but it's a day that is actually intended by you to carry something significant, to carry, God, a message from your heart, God, to carry something that will be transformational and will be a a place, God, out of which you can bring new life and new purpose and new understanding. So, God, I just want to pray right now a blessing over everyone in the room, God, and for um, those who are here today, maybe usually come with families and, and you're part of a family, then I pray a blessing over your Family, from where you're from, I pray a blessing, God, over this town, God. Yes, God, over over this greater region of Yes, God. God, over that part of Yas that stretches across to our national capital, God. I, I thank you, God, for the strategic place and position that this town has in your heart and in your purposes. And God, in Jesus' name, right now I just release God, God, a, a greater impartation and an understanding, a spirit of understanding. And God, today that um, in With the eye of faith, God, that there would be um, things revealed that uh, we have not yet seen before. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And just while you're standing, I want you to turn to the person next to you and just say, What do you see? What do you see? Just ask the person next to you, What do you see? What do you see? see? Come on. You can say it to me, Abraham. (laughs) What do you see? You can sit down. You can sit down. So I've thought about when I think this sermon started in me. And um, I'd have to tell you, I think this sermon started in me way back in South Australia. Um, that's where I'm from. I'm one of five kids, um, my mum and dad. And I want to honour my dad today. I um, love dad very much. And, um, and so in South Australia, anybody been to, to South Australia, the centre of the known universe? That's what, <laughs> that's what I thought it was when I lived there. And, um, and my, uh, my parents, when I was... Um, quite little, um, bought a house and we shifted from the Adelaide Plains and we moved up to the foothills of Adelaide and it was a suburb called Happy Valley. It's a great name to grow in a suburb to grow up in and, um, and we were happy. It was kind of semi-rural and we used to chase cows and stuff that got out and pigs and build go-karts, had a lot of fun. But in the 70s, so I'm, I'm now talking dates and you can peg me. To how old I am, yes, um, I'm getting older. But in the 70s, one of five kids, I was the oldest. So Dad and I had one year together when I was the first to go to high school. And um, therefore, all the others were going to Rainella Primary School. And I was going to Seacombe High School. And Dad used to work down on the north of the city. So he would drive me every day to school. And just me and him, and and we'd go down this um, big highway, and it was actually it's called the Main South Road, but maybe you can picture a sweeping six-lane highway that went down from the foothills down onto the plain, and um, it was called Tapleys Hill, and uh, beautiful views, and um, and anyway, we'd go down this hill, and. The year after that, I actually started riding my bike to school or so. It could have been a couple of years. So that was a lot of fun going down that hill with my mate. No stack hats, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> and no lycra, <laughs> it's even more praise the Lord. And, um, and, and, and I used to, it was great fun going down. And of course, coming home at the end of school was a different deal. But, um, we used to actually grab hold of trucks going up the hill. and <laughs> I never told Dad that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, I remember, remember really clearly going down that hill and Dad um, coached me to memorise um, Hebrews chapter 11. What a gift to a son. And, and, and these are the verses that... Um, We read, it probably wasn't in the New King James, I don't think that existed then. But but nonetheless, um, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony, and by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that that the things which are seen are, were not made of the things which are visible. And and I would credit that um, those journeys, and I mean, heck, honestly, most of you who are parents today have done the school run, right? <laughs> we, um, we have two children and they're both grown up and married. Eve, Eve was mostly the sc- school run one in our um, marriage. But nonetheless, I just want to encourage right now you as parents to remember how significant just those moments can be with your children, even if they're those random everyday moments. Because I remember, I would say, those moments in the car, in a green, metallic, XB Ford Falcon, um, because I like cars, I remember, and it was a 256-cylinder. Dad's a rev head, did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) I know today he drives a Ford Focus, and it, you know, I was going to say it wouldn't pull the skin off a rice pudding, but (laughs) I won't. (laughs) But those moments counted, and, and I would say to you that that, um, that was the beginning of me understanding, David, there's more to life than what you can see with your natural eyes. Um, there's, there's actually quite a lot more going on in the universe, and the only way that I could see that was with the eye of faith. The only way I could actually see that, see to the unseen, was, was this thing called faith. And, and so I would say that was the beginning of the journey that's led me to today's message, which is, what do you see? Now, this morning, my wife said to me, God bless her, Dale, when you have a shave, would you please put these on? Because <laughs> she, she thinks that I don't always see well enough and get all the bits and pieces going on under here. And um, obviously, I'm not talking today about what you can see with the best glasses or what you could see if you had a cataract operation or, or all those things. I'm talking about what, you, what can you see that is invisible but is nonetheless there. Because today I actually come to you with a message which is to say that everything God wants to do in your future begins where you cannot see it, but it still exists and God's working and building and moving things and restoring things and he does that out of what we see. And, um, and today I'm just, you know, just sort of lifting off, as it were, the, um, with the eye of faith, lifting off the eye, getting you to open up your eyes because God's moving today. Um, can anybody believe that? God's moving, and, um, and the story of Elijah, wow, that's an incredible story. Thanks, thanks to the reader of the, you did good. Thank, thanks for reading out of the Bible there for us. But that is an incredible story because that story to me, I'm so excited. There was a man of God called Elijah, and Elijah was a prophet. In fact, another word for a prophet used then was this word seer, S-E-E-R. You get that? a seer. God actually wants us all to be seers. Um, Elijah was a seer. He saw things first and then his role was to help coach others, encourage others to press in to see what he saw. And today I'm asking you the question, it's actually on the end of our notes if you are following your, um, your digital version, but it's actually, do you see what God sees? Because God actually um, wants us to see what he sees and to become seers. Elijah said to his servant, would you go?" and keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. So God's working. God's working. God is working. One of the verses that we sort of sit in at the moment in our church in Sydney um, is out of Acts chapter 3. I think there could be a screen for it. But the kind of headline of it is that um, God is um, bringing restoration to all things. God is bringing restoration to all things. And that can sound like a just a few words if you gloss over it. But I want to ask you this morning what is it in your circumstances, in your life, in your relationships? Um, what is it in your world? What is it that you long for that is so messed up? And so when we talk about Messy Church, I'm not talking about Messy Church. Messy Church is good, (laughs) but I'm talking actually about messed up lives, messed up stuff going on, messed up things that have been part of our world privately for a long time. What is it that actually you would dream about that God would restore? And um, I put it to you this morning that restoration happens when we know how to see in the unseen and then to interact, connect, bring that which is unseen into the scene. That's exactly what Elijah did. I mean, here we are. I'm sure the farmers are rejoicing, aren't it they? Take it. It's raining, or it's sort of raining. It's not heavy rain. But, but here we are on a day where there's a bit of moisture around. And, um, but in the story that we read, there had not been rain for three years. That's a long time. And as a consequence, there was a lot that was wrong and the ripple effect of no rain is just drastic. It, it, it means, obviously, there's no crops and, and there's no income, there's no economy, there's, there's, there's then lack and there's loss and there's hurting people and there's you know, many things that get affected by no rain. And, and, I, and I loved hanging with you guys at the camp and Nick sharing the thought of overflow um, as the theme for part of what God's leading you into this year as a church. And, and um, today I am just in a different way putting out an understanding for how we can pray in overflow because overflow comes in a sense when there's rain. Um, overflow comes in a sense when the dams get filled up and when there's lots of water, lots of moisture, lots of blessing. Who wants more overflow? I certainly do. And, and I want to let you know I'm, I'm here as a... As a grandfather, um, as as a man, as as a husband, as as a son, there's things in my life that I long for God to still restore. There's there's dreams that I have that I long for God to still move on. There's promises that I hold in me that I don't actually have right now, a physical reality that I can show you that God's doing stuff. But unless I can see them in existence, in the unseen then today I come to you, I would otherwise come to you today as a disappointed, um, broken man who's getting towards being 60, not too far away, and, it's, um, and, and, and I'd be before you today as someone who would be disappointed and someone who would say, God hasn't come through for me. But that's not true because I can see things that do exist where they're unseen. And then I know there's hope, right? Talk about Abraham, hope against hope. Yeah. That's, that's Romans 4. So... Um, just bear with me, my, my conversations right now are just taking us into our, the kind of main message of this morning, but um, I just want you to know God has plans for your good. <laughs> Do you have, have any idea how much God loves you, like really, really loves you, <laughs> really, really, really loves you, and um, how much he's for you, how much God sees you? You know, right now there's a young man at our church who's praying for me as I preach. Um, his name's Luke. And um, he and I hope you can pardon me if the preacher was texting in the, in the, in the worship. Okay, <laughs> like I was. But but Luke, Luke sent me a text and said, David, um, you know, where's your ass? Is it near Wagga? And various things we were talking away. And I said, Luke, would you pray for me? Luke is a young man who's um, had two major car accidents, major brain damage. Um, he can't hear very well. Um, he has... Two weeks ago, his, his bladder basically exploded and, and and he has many physical issues. But today, he's praying for us. <laughs> that moves me. He, he, he's praying for us because he believes in the power of God to do things where there does not seem to be any hope. Um, and if anybody could have no hope, it would be Luke. Um, he, but there's hope today. God loves Luke and God loves you and he's moving. He's restoring things. Um, so... God's restoring all things. It's good to say that. Um, It's good to say right now, God is the restorer of all things. Can you say that with me? God is the restorer of all things, of all things. So, what do you see? I mean, I reckon one of the biggest enemies of seeing the unseen is this little baby. (laughs) Because we can see a lot of stuff on our screens, can't we? We can see a lot of stuff on... um, on uh, that, that exists here um, and that doesn't have to be necessarily bad or wrong things, evil things but, but um, we can do a lot of looking we can do a lot of seeing um, but we can get distracted from actually seeing um, what God is saying <laughs> that wasn't my phone <laughs> um, we can also look at what isn't working in our lives and, and I want you to know it's actually, there's something honest about being honest in church and honest about being honest with God, honest about being honest with those who you love and walk with to say things aren't working. I'm not actually saying we shouldn't do that. I'm not saying we should be spiritually, um, you know, so high and mighty that we have no real honesty about the disconnect between what our lives look like and, and um, what we're saying. That's not what I'm saying. But... Um, but I want to encourage you today, if you're in a circumstance which is very hard, um, if, if that is causing you to look and get focused on that pain, that difficulty, that trauma, I want, you to I want you to know that there's a good empathy from God for that. But I want you to know as well that um, there's an unseen thing that God would want you to look at. Um, these are just my comments on the way through. Are we going all right? What do you see? Um, what do you see? Um, what, what do you see? So I want to say... Off our kind of four points right now, um, what you see is affected by by what you hear. What what you see, I believe, begins with what you hear. Now my um, my kind of proof text for that is um, in Genesis, when God says, "Let there be light," and then He says about what He's He then comments about the result of what he's said. He saw it and it was good. So God said something and then God saw it. I also know that when Elijah was with his man, Elijah actually had a word from God, which was um, that, that there's going to be rain. And... The thing that happened when the servant saw the cloud didn't just start with the servant seeing the cloud. It actually, we can go back through the story. It started, we can backdate the sequence. Um, Elijah said that he um, uh, heard the sound of heavy rain. But even before that, Elijah heard God say, it's going to rain. Our seeing in faith begins with what we hear God say. So I want to say to you today if you want to have a greater measure of spiritual sight, then consider what it is that you are hearing, or even who it is that you're hearing, and that will affect how well you see. Does that make sense? Um, so I. I've learned that in my life. I've, I've learned that if I hang around with people who are people who are a bit like Elijahs, who are seers, now I was blessed I was brought up in a godly house, and my dad was a godly man. I know we don't always get that start, but today, all of you can choose who it is you hang with. Um, that's why coming to church is a great thing, honestly, because you get to be around a sound that is actually the sound of God's word and truth and faith, and that will affect what you see. If, if you were not here today and you were hanging around in a gloomy, doomy... Um, rainy, I don't know, grey. Doesn't, doesn't mean the weather makes us feel that, but I'm just making a point that there's an environment here that actually helps us to hear. That'll help you to see. And, and the servant was who he was because he actually was serving this man called Elijah. Um, and he was serving a seer, therefore he was with a seer, therefore he got to hear what that man was saying. And I, I encourage you today, that's why I get excited by, by the Carls and others of you who, who serve. Dave up the back, good job. Good name, <laughs> you're the man, <laughs> you're not forgotten. And it's a great thing to serve and hang around and serve men of God because you actually get to hear what they are hearing and then you get to see what they're seeing. And, and that's a good thing. Do you follow what I'm saying? So, so consider who it is that you are, um, are are listening to. And in our world, let's be honest, there's, there's so much bombardment of information and stuff going on, television, media, it, it, we have to be wise as believers um, to limit and monitor what we're listening to because that will affect our sight. And, and today you can begin with good sight but you can end up having dim sight if you don't listen to the right messages and the right people. So what you see is affected by what you hear. And, and if I could put one word around that, it is, it is this word um, perception. Um, there, there is a auditory and a visual perception that we need to guard. Otherwise, that will affect ultimately our hearts. And the second thing that I just put to you today, and, and I'm, I'm just um, giving you kind of the headlines, but, but what you see is affected by who you are in, in relationship with. And, and in a sense, we've covered that in the first point. But what you see is affected by the people. That you hang with, Um, perception, and people, and I, I just know that. um, Let's just go to the text, verse uh, forty-three of chapter eighteen. You guys doing all right? Looking forward to coffee. Who's going to make coffee today? Since Steve Hill's not here, I'm concerned about that. (laughs) Dan, no. Someone, please. I don't see the hand. But um, verse 43, it says, um, it's because that Elijah is with the servant that there's even anyone with the servant who says, I want you to go up now and look toward the sea. I, I, I encourage you today to, to find someone who can be your go up now person in your life. Um, we need relationships. Remember, I said it's all about relationships. Actually, you guys said it's all about relationships. <laughs> I wonder who today in your life is that relationship who would be the person who would say, go back, look again. Go back, look again. I know you've been there once. I know you pressed into God and asked Him once. But who do you have in your life? Who is that spiritual father, that spiritual mother, that um, that that uh, kind of older brother person? Maybe it is literally an older brother um, in in the natural. Maybe it's a spiritual. But who do you have who can actually prompt you and stir you to say, "Come on, keep looking. Um, God is there. Don't give up." Don't, who, who do you have? Um, and if you don't have someone um, right now, I'm giving you a prayer point and and something to ask for and to something to pursue in life um, to find someone who can be that voice in your life and likewise be that person who is ready to offer that same gift to another person because if elijah and the servant were not together then um, there would not have been the rest of that story when the rain actually came and so who do you have it is actually about the people the third thing i'm going to talk about and this is probably the main substance of my message um, is, it is really, it is what you see is affected by your posture, by your posture. So Eve had no idea I was going to say this when she talked about Joe and the womb, but here goes, it's okay, it's not, it's not going to be scary. But, but have you ever wondered what it was going on in verse 42 when Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel and the Bible says then he bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees. This is what I think was happening. Now, some of you can't see this because you are too far back and this is just a little bit of a promo. Sit down the front in church because you miss out. (laughs) But here's the thing. According to what I read, he, he was down like this And he was was prostate and and his, his head was between his knees and he was squatting. It was a squat position and his head was low. He was humbled before God. But it was more than being humbled and it was more than what you would think would be the classical prayer position. It was more than kneeling. This wasn't just body language. This is the birthing position. This is the birthing position. According to the commentators, this is how the Hebrew women gave birth. There's a verse in the commentary about Moses, and it says about the Hebrew women that um, they did not give birth like the other women gave birth. The Hebrew women were known to have a birthing position that was different. And this was the birthing position. This is the birthing position of prayer. This is the birthing position of intercession. This is the birthing position. This is the position of travail. This is the position of groaning before the Lord. This is the position of bringing your petitions, your needs, your heartaches, your burdens. This is the position of bringing um, your town to the Lord. This is the position of bringing your family to God. This is the position in bringing this great nation called Australia to God. This is a birthing position. And you know what? It's not just enough to have a word. The word is good. I love the word. I believe in the word of God. But to have a word from the Lord is not enough, it needs to be birthed it needs to be carried in your womb it needs to be carried deep inside of you such that that word becomes something that is consumes you and and just becomes something that you just got to get out something that you long to be released but something that has to be carried you, those of you who've had babies, we all know babies are not born in a day. Um, babies are carried. The seed is carried in the womb. And then the seed is held there and the seed is nurtured and the seed is travelled over and, it's, and then eventually it's delivered. But this is the birthing position. Elijah, the, the word is clear. He got down on, his, on, his, on the ground. He knelt before the Lord. His face was between his knees. This is the birthing position. This is the posture. <clears throat> and I say to you that what you see is affected by your posture. If we're people who can never stop long enough to kneel before the Lord because we're too busy Or because we have some misconstrued notion that God works and does more when we do more. (laughs) That's actually not true. God works and does more and releases more and restores more and and does greater things and does miraculous things when we travel before him. Because there's things that we can never do in our own strength. You know that, don't you? (laughs) But how many of us, I do it all the time. I forget that and I have a go. And I think if I can work harder and I can, like Nick, Nick said presently, you know, we... I have a job and I have a job and I think if I can just kind of make, be a superman and do two jobs and look after a church and have a job and do, do all that and work, work longer and work harder, then maybe maybe things will, will grow faster and that doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. We, we deal in a world where there is an unseen realm and everything starts up there. Um, the, that which is visible is not made out of that which is visible. It starts up there. Um, it starts when we can see it up there. And where do we see it up there? We see it when we carry it inside of here and, and when we pray into it what we can see inside of here until it's birthed and it comes out and you can see it. That's how it goes. And Elijah knew that. Elijah knew that. What you see is affected by your posture. It actually is affected, if I can say it differently, by your persevering prayer. So, so what you see is affected by, um, I shared, by your perceptions. What you see is affected by the people that you're with. It's affected by your persevering prayer. Why do we have this word persevering? Isn't persevering just one of those bad words you don't want to know a lot about? Who loves persevering? Come on. <laughs> Some of you do. Some of you know that's necessary. You know, and, and, and our two children, who, are, like I shared with you, are both adults today, will um, kind of have this running joke between them. You know, Mum and Dad would always say, when you know when, when we were sick and wanted a day off from school, come on kids, you know, push through, push through. And and you know, and they'd be those two t- who would say, you know, you never let us have enough. But but then later as they grew into maturity, come into adulthood, they said, Thank you, Mum and Dad, because you helped to teach us about perseverance. And and here's the thing, um, there were, as you know, seven times when Elijah said to his servant, No, go back to persevere in prayer. You probably know the text. It's in James. Um, it's worth reading. I think there could be a screen for it. It talks about Elijah. It talks about how he prayed. And it, and it says this, that, um, so um, James chapter 5 says, Confess the knowledge that you have offended, how you've offended one another. Then it says, Elijah, verse 17 of chapter 5, Elijah was a man with human frailties. That's really good news for me. Um, is it good news for you? He was a frail man. He, was a, he, he had weaknesses just like all of us, but he prayed and he received supernatural answers. He actually shut down the heavens over the land so there could be no rain for three and a half years. We've gone over that story. But Elijah knew out of his prayers, out of his praying, out of his traveling, um, and on the travel theme, think about the Apostle Paul. What did he say in the Book of Galatians? He he actually talked about travailing um, for the people, um, for the church. He said in chapter four, verse 19, You are my dear children. Notice the fatherly, motherly, wooming sort of phrase here. You are my dear children, but I agonize in spiritual labor pains once again, until the anointed one will be fully formed in your hearts. You guys need to pray for your pastor. You do. Because there's an agony that probably none of you really know a lot about um, for what it is to carry a church. And, and here we have Paul who, who is the apostle carrying the church with the, his fellow apostles. And, and Paul said, I'm, I agonise in my heart. I travel in the womb of me for you. And, and today we, we actually live in the blessing for Paul's travelling. We, we really do. It didn't just happen... And influence the church then. His traveling has produced who we are today. But Elijah was a man. He knew about the posture. And he knew about perseverance. And lastly, as I close, he was a man who also knew that what you see will affect your plans. Because if we can't see what God's doing, it doesn't influence what we're doing. But if we can see what God's doing... Um, and he could. He could see rain, and then the rain came. And then, then he said to his servant, Hey, go to Ahab quickly, and, and you, you need to go down the hill. It's going to rain. It's going to get messy. It's going to, the flood's coming. And so um, it will affect our plans. We're going to have worship in and have a song. But I want to, just in faith, um, release some things today. Over, over you as a church. And um, I believe it's in God's heart today to um, release and to bring um, recognition and, and a good godly authority to those who are seers. Did you know, There, I know you know this, but but there are giftedness designed by Jesus in the body of Christ who are people that, are, that see things. And they're called prophets. And the church needs prophets. Um, the church needs the prophetic gift. And, um, and I, I, I'm looking right now at someone who i talked and think about the prophetic before. I know the prophetic is in this church because um, God never under-resources his work. He, he always chooses. He always knows what he's doing. He equips. And and so I just want to faith right now. Um, and, and maybe I'm speaking to someone and you know that's you. I'm just, I'm just releasing right now the prophetic gift um, a greater, in a greater measure um, and, and a way that can flourish and thrive and help us to be those who see. And and, and I want to also just um, release um, a greater measure of perseverance. And I, and I came across this language. I'm just going to say it out because I feel it's so powerful. Um, today I want to encourage us and just Release the capacity to push through in prayer until we see the victory. You know what happens in birthing? It's like push, you know, push, you know, push, and the midwives are saying push. But so I'm saying today, push. Push against any doubts and fears, and push against disappointment and deception. Push against lies, push against tears, push against limitations. Push, push against lack, push against frustrations, push against delays. Push, push, push against opposition, push against critics, push against weariness. Push, push, push against pain, push push for whatever God's revealed to you, whatever the Holy Spirit is showing you, whatever you can see that's not yet in the natural. Push, push, push. Why did the prophets say seven times? Because seven is the number of completion. You know that. Seven times, seven times, seven times, seven times. So I just release over this church, God, the blessing of being a seven times church. God, a church that pushes and pushes. God, a church that doesn't strive and strive, but a church that travels and travels and pushes. God, pushes, pushes. God because the rain's coming God we can see the cloud God we can see the cloud God the rain's already started God the rain's but there's much more so God we just say together and maybe you want to say that with me right now in your heart I'm going to push I'm going to push there's something going on that you can see for you believe for I'm going to be a pusher I'm going to push I'm going to travel I thank you father I thank you God I bless your name let's just worship If you've been blessed and encouraged by this message, we'd love for you to become a part of the Baptist family. Log on to ycbc.church to find out more.